0: It's Judd's Hockey Show. To Judd's Hockey Show, Wild Wins 4-2 tonight over Ottawa. Zolgad, Declan Goff, if you are watching us, we appreciate it. That is former Wild Gold 10 Nicholas Backstrom. Backy. No, he did not play tonight, but you know who did? Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, I will I will start off by saying this. 4-2, Wild win. They've won... Uh, Two in a row now. They've won, what, three of their last four. They lost to Boston on Saturday. They got a point in overtime. Uh, Tonight's game, a thoroughly entertaining affair, Declan Goff. I thought Mm -hmm. from a skating end of things, uh, it was certainly an incredibly physical game. And once again, um, Marc-Andre Fleury has a spectacular game. So this, this to me, uh, was probably the most enjoyable game so far of the young season that
1: I have seen the wild play. You know, it's it get a little murky in that second period. They dominated the wild, that yeah. is. I mean, they they dominated. I know Flower came up with a huge save towards the end, but that game should have been busted open. You know, you probably should have scored a goal or two there, but you didn't, and that's okay. Um, you go into the third period still with a manageable lead, uh, and what I noticed and what I really, really liked was things got a little tight. You know, they they allowed the five-on-three for basically the full two minutes. I didn't like that. I don't know what the hell, and not that I'm trying to be a penalty kill uh, specialist, Judd's honestly the power play specialist, but if I can play penalty kill specialist, I don't really understand why both Spurgeon and Brodeen, when there's three men on the ice, are below the goal line. Just just stay above. There's no point to go below there. Um, And and there was no point for, uh, then you just leave your goaltender out to dry like that. So my my grand point is, you know, that could have been a turning point in this game. Mm-hmm. And last year's team is different than this year's team. So does that create a snowball effect where then you blow the two goal lead in the third, you end up um, losing on uh, on the road to an Ottawa Senators team that's motivated there in the third period? You didn't. You didn't clench up. You, you didn't. You didn't absolutely uh, bleep yourself down your leg. You were able to still stay the course. And then when uh, they pulled the goalie, you capitalized immediately and and you got the big goal to basically ice this one. Yeah, it, it was still messy. It was still messy here and there. But what I really liked was that their offense seems to wake up a little bit more. And quietly, their Wilds defense blocked a ton of shots tonight. Again, and and, and my one a probably talking point again is Mark Andre Fleury seems like he's really settling in after a disastrous first. What was it? Probably seventy minutes of play where I think Judd he allowed eleven goals in a basically the first four periods of the season. He did. Yep. He's really now settled in and looks more like the goaltender that um, won a Vesna uh, going into last season.
0: Yep. So in the first, let's see here. I'm do, doing some quick math here. So oh, in yep. the Uh-oh. first uh, first four periods, first two starts because he got pulled after the first period w- when he gave up four goals in the seven uh, six loss to the Kings. He allowed eleven goals on forty nine shots. His save cool. percentage seven seventy six. Unconscionably bad. The hometown <laughs> fans booing him. As he said at the time, I deserve it. In the last four starts he's made, uh, so he didn't play the Colorado game, which was a debacle, again, in goal. Uh, but he did play Vancouver. They won Boston. They lost in overtime, 4-3, so they got a point, And he actually played really well. He played great in that game. Uh, Montreal on Monday night, or on Tuesday night, he was great again. And tonight, uh, fantastic. His save percentage in his last four starts, now nine twenty, yeah. and And so, like... There's a lot of things that we can get into that have turned around. I mean, there's a lot of facets with the lines being juggled that have really improved. Uh, That being said, and I I think this is why we both agreed, we weren't trying to say that the first uh, three games were all goaltending. It was a huge part of it, but they weren't all, like, there were other problems. But the reality is, if you can't trust your goaltenders, you're not going to win. Like like when you take the ice and say, "Well, I wonder how much the boys are going to give up tonight." That's a, that's a, a huge problem. And for as well as a lot of things went tonight, the rejuggled Lions, in my opinion, continue to play well. Um, I thought that the fourth line with Jost not dressing played great. I loved that line tonight. Uh, the defensive pairs certainly have picked up. All of that being said, if Flurry doesn't play like Flurry did tonight, they lose. It doesn't matter. I, I think. So, was, yeah. So that, that's true. a tough
1: thing here. Two things can be true from how poorly they started the season, Judd. I think uh, the first chunk of how, how poorly they played was on flurry. No doubt, right? I mean, mm-hmm. 11 goals in, in, in four periods is just unacceptable, no matter if your defense is not selling out or not. That is unacceptable play. It doesn't really matter who you are. And then I think the other half of those struggles came five on five. The Wild could not score five on five. Um, then their defense, really, I feel like it's not that they didn't start uh, stop believing in Flurry. It was just they were doing uncharacteristic things, made it tougher on them. And then you're just chasing the game overall as a whole. Your offense is scoring five on five. Your goaltender isn't playing well, your defense isn't selling out. That's just the recipe for everything being a disaster essentially, right? right? And now it feels like three of the last four, now they're going streaking, if you will, a little bit with back to back wins and points and three straight that okay, this is not as disastrous as it looked in the first few games. There's still things that have to be cleaned up certainly but in general, um, I, I think they're kind of trending back in a direction of looking like a team that was projected to be second in the Central and it should be a lock for the playoffs. Long way to go. Um, there's still good things and bad things that we're going to sort out here on this episode and on future episodes. But I thought it was just good for them to get two back-to-back road wins, considering how porous their start was from the beginning of the season.
0: And to, to your part, uh, to your point from the start of the show, 15 block shots for the defensemen alone. So like they were not. Uh, Blocking a sufficient amount of shots in those first three games. They are now blocking shots, which they have to do. Um, It starts with this. At least for the first three games, there was a lot of issues with, I thought, chemistry and to put it as cliched as possible, work ethic broke down. Uh, Tonight, again, they played well, they played hard. They matched, you know, the Senators wanted to basically intimidate them, and, and to the Wilds' credit, it didn't work. Um, just to put this into context, too, because I, I think it's e- easy to say, well, they beat the Senators, but I mean, the Senators have been garbage for years now or a few years. That was previously true. Uh, the context is this. The Senators lost their first two games this season at Buffalo and Toronto. Since then, they are on a lengthy homestand of which they won the first four games. They beat Washington, uh Boston, Washington, Arizona, Dallas before facing the Wild tonight. So, they came in to this game on a four-game win streak with eight points and were playing well. So that this is a nice win. Like this is a this to me um is a high-quality road win against a team unlike Montreal that's probably on going up. And so it's an ascending team. I give them a lot of credit, and this is the type of game I expect to see from a team coached by uh, Dean Everson and run by Billy Guerin.
1: Yeah, I, you know, this isn't your old. You know, just kind of throw away, punch punch the team in the gut, and, the, and they'll lay their senators. This offense, I think, is tracking the right direction. Keep in mind, I mean, Cam Taub was supposed to be their 1A goalie. He got hurt in training camp. They're still winning games. Um, the, I mean, the Dallas Stars look like they might be the best team in hockey, at least through the first week, and, and then I was able to beat them too. So, um, I think just to kind of finish up this road trip and and deal with all this stuff after a poor start shows again the kind of confidence that this group has. You know, me and, me and you uh, were kind of questioning. You know, is is Dean handling? You know, is he handling the adversity here, Leon, in the right way? Is this the right way to say, hey, let's relax here, let's not tense up, go take a day off after the loss, let's regroup, let's get ready to roll, yep. and get back to how we're how we're playing. And so far, this team has responded back. And and again, a lot of those things can happen where if your goaltending is playing so badly, you're not scoring 5 on 5, you're so crippled to the power play you're not selling out shots, you know, just from the top of this episode essentially, you know, if all three of those things aren't working for you in pieces of the game, you're just going to have a bad time and now it seems like this team is really starting to come together a little bit more, cleaning up those acts certainly aren't playing perfectly by any stretch of the imagination, mm-hmm. but are just playing well enough to win and you're seeing that in three, the last 3 games at least. So I questioned this guy a little bit uh after the last game, but
0: I would like to give a shout out to one guy in particular tonight. Freddie gujo on the first line. And by the way, I'm not expecting this consistently. Like this is not him consistently. Um, he had an assist. He scored the late empty net goal, which uh at that point in time the centers were up two men because they had pulled their goaltender. Uh he had six shots on goal, and I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Um, that line tonight to me, starting with him, was it was just great. The Kaprizov goal is incredible. Like it looked, it looks simple, but it's not. Like his stick, he's being taken out physically, and his stick is the only thing that he can position, and he basically does. Um, but I thought Goudreau uh, for his role tonight played probably as well as Hartman did in that same role in any game last year. I thought he was. To give him credit, outstanding.
1: Look, um, you know, Freddie's not um, not going to be someone who lights things up all the time. and he, and he kind of is more of a passenger in general, and that can't that that's not always a bad thing. I mean, he he has he has a lot of good trust in his his game, and that's why Dean Everson kept him here, and that's why I think when you uh, what was it about this time last year, a little a little more than that when we were like, Frederick Goudreau, you're going to give this guy ample minutes, and you and I were like, who is this guy? First off, like, why are you even? Yep. Why would you even give this guy a key to the car and then also give him, the, uh, give him the responsibility of playing 14 to 15 minutes a night? And uh, they've tried everything on that top line. Ryan Hartman, who had a better game tonight, got his first goal, but still is, I think, scuffling. Um, Tyson Jost, who got a run at the first line, who was scratched tonight, by the way. Um, they had to find some type of stability there on that top line. And look, I, do I envision that Frederick Goudreau has this basically clamped down for the rest of the season? No. I don't. But has he played very well and just been a nice stabilizing force through, uh, between the Wilds' two best playmakers, essentially, in Matt Zuccarello and Kirill Kaprizov? Yes, I do. And, and and I think that's what that line needed. They just needed some continuity and some responsibility there in the middle. There's probably going to be games where we notice that, hey, they could they could do a little bit more at that top line. You could put someone else there. But for right now, for the last few games, yeah, I've, I've thought Goudreau has been... He's been the same player he's always been, in my opinion. just been a little bit more responsible, and it's, it makes those guys' life in Kaprizov and Zuccarello, their life a lot easier when they have someone steady like that in the middle.
0: I thought he seemed to step up uh, in, into the into his role a little bit more. It felt like in Montreal, he played a good game, but it felt like he was being ultra-defensively responsible, which he probably was, which isn't a dumb thing. Uh, tonight, it felt like he got into the into the offensive flow a bit more. But Zuccarello, Kaprizov, and Goudreau tonight, Dex, 17 shots on goal combined. Zucarello had seven, had a goal. Uh, he had a terrible what dude, what are you doing? Turnover that I think Batherson just missed uh the net on and hit the post on. Uh, but he for the most part played a very good game. Uh 17 shots, though. Let's talk about the power play for a second.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So here's what impresses me. And and I do think. Addison deserves credit. He took a couple of penalties tonight, which I think is not a good thing, but on the power play. Um, This unit now, they overpass a little bit at times, but the amount of, but the, uh, how they move the puck and the possession to me is incredible. Um, They also generate shots. So, so there are times where they probably pass too much trying to uh, find open lanes and My problem with that is at times you're actually trying to find perfect shots that don't necessarily exist. But all of that being said, I think the way that they move the puck and how they possess it and get it back and it's like um, attached to their stick at times is a huge step. And I don't ever, I don't remember in recent years this power play looking close to being this cohesive.
1: Yeah, I believe uh, nine for twenty eight, nine for twenty nine now on on the season, which is above thirty percent. Um, th- that's all I could ask for. That's that's a well a, a big time improvement. I really should say on, on the power play for the last two years, where it's been just kind of lackluster, you know. And and that's where getting the five on five scoring too is just so key because when you're so clutched and um, uh, basically struck t- struck to the power play, it makes life really difficult to score five on five. But there is something different about that, and that's probably Addison being the number one guy and quarterbacking it, if you will, on the power play. And there, there is definitely a lot passing sometimes, even still too much where it's frustrating. And, of course, if you were at the XL Energy Center, you probably would have heard shoot a lot. But that's also, I think, teams now starting to respect on the penalty kill, knowing, like, oh, we got to wait. We got to wait. We got to wait. And there's a lot of good players in that power play unit where it becomes, from the defensive side, tough to stop. So who's going to take the shot? And, and Addison deserves a lot, man. I mean, seven points. I think he leads all rookies now. on what, five of those points, Judd? All, five of the seven, I believe, on the power play this season. He's been a power play specialist. Yeah. Uh, um, we, we've been waiting for him to kind of get NHL-ready minutes. And there, it certainly wasn't a guarantee he was going to make the roster. When friend of the show, Bill Guerin, joined us in the preseason right before the season started, he said that they want to see it consistently. He knows he can play in the NHL level, is what he told us. Can he do it for stretches of time? Well, we're now what 2 weeks into the season essentially and you can see that this guy absolutely belongs
0: yes and he yes he there there's there is something about that power play and and that first group that that in my opinion has just really really clicked that we don't see consistently and and like they've tried how many people Declan at those points dumba and it didn't work and it should have worked cuz we're like with that shot it should work it didn't work spurgeon uh was was left there And he's with the uh, second group now. But I just like the fact now that that they look really cohesive. They move the puck quickly. They do get shots. It looks really, really good. Um, The other thing I really liked about tonight's game is it featured a lot of different styles at at times. uh, Because it was a pretty fast game at times. But yet, it was definitely, and you know what, eight seconds in, Duhame got into a fight. It was also a physical game. And there was times where there's no question, I thought the first period especially, the senders were trying to run the wild out of the building physically. Um, and the wild basically responded really, really well. So I guess the second period is the one that really stood out to me, because to your point, it was dominant. Like there were the aside from the power play at the end where the, the Sends got some chances and Fleury made a few really nice saves, but aside from that That second period was easily as dominant a period as I have seen this team have in a long time. And without a doubt, it it was easily the best period that we have seen them have this season. And again, this is not your father's Senators. This is a better team. Uh, So there's actually something to be taken from this where, where it didn't just come against a crappy team that was checked out. The
1: Senators came to play. They just flat out got beat. Quick little housekeeping thing before I ask you a question here. By the way, hit subscribe on uh, this YouTube channel for Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. This is Judd's Hockey Show. That's Judd Zolget. He's nursing uh, a, a throat and, and a little bit yeah, of cough. Apologize. He's getting My out of problems. it. Uh, that bag sking that happened on Monday at the Wolves game, um, he, he, had to, he had to light some hair on fire, so that's why I've noticed Judd Sound a little bit under the weather. He's getting over it, but uh, good for him. But hit the subscribe button for daily Minnesota sports entertainment right here on this YouTube channel. Also, we have some uh, opportunities if you want to advertise on Judd's Hockey Show. If you want to advertise on any of our Score North platforms uh, starting in 2023, we got some openings. So if that's something you're interested in, you got a business or you want uh, your word out there on these podcasts, hit us up. There's a feedback option on the Score North app. Or just go ahead and send Phil Mackey an email. It's pMackie at H-B- hbi.com, pmackie at hbi.com if to get you your messages out there. Lozenges. Jud- Give me a lozenges losage endorsement. Yeah. Judd will be doing TikTok dances I'm for doing you. my Royce voice right now. Yeah. Uh, and another thing. Uh, Judd, the thing I wanted to ask you is, of the three players who have been probably the most noticeable this season in a positive way, um, I would say, number one, still Kirill Kaprizov. Um, he's just been phenomenal he, even though it's, an, it's been quietly productive I feel like but he's still the superstar of this team there's no doubt about that mm-hmm. um, Matthew Boldy is obviously uh, has blossomed and looks still like he is still one of the better players that's coming up in the NHL he doesn't need Kevin Fiala and I would argue that the third best player on the wild this season has been Kalen Addison um, and maybe a large part of that is due to the power play success that he's had he's kind of helped wake woken that up a little bit but when I think those two players and Kirill and Boldy who are forwards and they're sexier and they're going to get more points and just score more goals. Cause that's what their position is. I think the player that has really impressed me the third most on that list is Kalen Addison. I think he is. So I, I give him a ton of credit as we did just before
0: for what he's brought to the power play. I don't think I'd put him as my third guy in general. Uh, Kaprizov I'm with you completely because of one thing. It struck me tonight. He hadn't scored in two games. And ordinarily, when a guy disappears, you just don't see him, right? Like, it's like, I didn't notice him. Mm -hmm. Kaprizov doesn't score, and you still see him. That's the incredible thing about him. He's so damn good that that when when he is, quote, slumping, you still see him. Um, Yeah, I don't know if I would put Addison as my third guy. I think the last, since the uh, Boston game on this trip, it's flurry easily. Mm. Yeah, I sure. mean he has been absolutely. He has been he has been everybody's good since Boston as he was bad in those first four periods where he was atrocious, and you know there's a lot of guys that don't bounce back that quick. Dex like like to come back that quickly and to now play this well. And again, you do not get a point in Boston if he doesn't play as spectacularly as he he did. Uh, I don't know that you beat Montreal because. Keep in mind, that was a 2-1 to game until the the uh, empty net goal by Eric Tanek. And then, again tonight, you lose this game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think Fleury's bounce back is a huge story. And I think it's the foundational piece that sets up everything else now to be successful. I also think that the line changes and the shakeups by Dean deserve a shout-out. Because this team, I mean, we... We saw those games, Declan. This team looked, and yes, it was a brief. It was very brief. Now, in retrospect, uh, this team began to look really lethargic for a team that was starting the season. And Dean loves his lines. I mean, most guys don't. He does. And for him to shake things up, and I don't know if it came with some prodding from Bill Guerin or if he just did it. Um, but the fact that he kept the leash shorter and the fact that he went away from combinations and basically from thin air has created a few new ones, deserves credit for a guy who we did criticize, rightfully so, in the Blues playoff series for not adjusting. Mm-hmm. Now, I know there's a big difference between Game 4 and, and you know, Game 3 of the playoffs. Totally get that. So I'm not saying Dean's perfect and I'm not absolving him, but I am saying he. I like the fact that for whatever reason, he abandoned what he thought to be his original belief and really shook th- things up. Um, and these line combinations for the last couple of games
1: have looked damn good. Yeah, he deserves a lot of credit there. You know, I, I don't think um, reckless speculation, sounder, if you will. I I, I don't believe Garen has had too much of a footprint in the influence yet. When he did that piece with the with uh, he did sit down with with Michael Russo of the Athletic. Um, I think going in to uh, the who did they just Montreal Montreal game that he, that he said, you know, I'm not going to step in yet if I don't have to, but he clearly, I think he was getting close, right? Because it was just scuffling. It was, it was a piss poor start. Um, Guys weren't playing well, guys weren't selling out. And then he noticed that, you know, when he was, I think doing that interview with Russo, that guys were on the street getting dinner and it was Felino getting dinner with, you know, Tyson Jost and Sam Steele. It was these veteran guys getting, getting dinners and doing things with the younger players. So uh, Dean deserves a lot of credit for shaking that stuff up. And even if a guy like Tyson Joes, who I had high optimism for going into the year, uh, gets scratched in the situation. And then someone like Mason Shaw steps in who I thought played admirably tonight. I, I thought he was fine. Fourth um, time was had, very had, solid. Had a solid game. It was just, it was just a really good Absolutely. depth game, all four lines. And I think that's what's so, you know, to your point about career having, you know, quote unquote off nights where he has a multi goal or a multi point game tonight. And, there was facets of the game when I was even just watching the second that I was like, I don't really notice Kirill tonight. And and not in a negative way, it was just, man, I really don't notice him. But then all of a sudden, you look at the stat sheet, and he's got a goal and assist, and he yeah. has another multi-point game. And that's that's how good he is. I mean, that's just a testament that to how good he is. That goal he scored was he incredible. Is. Yes. Like, to be that strong,
0: he, yeah. is, he established his stick as the only thing, and he still scored the damn goal. I mean, the defenseman was all over his body.
1: And I'm seeing people on the YouTube comment section saying, you know, put some respect on Zuccarello's name if he's got like 11 points. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's been awesome, one. man. He's He has been awesome. He's, he's a veteran that has very good chemistry there. Those with two Carrillo wings are and, damn good. Yeah, I, honestly, if, if you put, and that's where you know, Judd threw out throwing Rossi's name on there after the last Judd's Hawks earlier this week, if you put a legitimate top line center on there, you're talking about that line being one of the most feared lines in hockey. And I know last year, Matt Hartman had the big year, but it just, it didn't. Didn't have that same, you know, they, when you look at the Avs top line, you're like, oh, God, well, how the hell are yes. we going to stop this? How are we going to yes. stop the Oilers' top line? How are we going to stop uh, the Rangers' top line? Um, if you put a legitimate center, and again, no disrespect to Freddie Goudreau, no disrespect to Hartman's game last year, it's not even close to on the same level as one of those lines. If they get a legit center there, man, look out. And
0: Goudreau, shout out to him, played well, you're exactly right. You are, you are exactly right. Um, if you had a if you had a guy who could be responsible defensively but was tracked to being a star, I mean Goudreau and Hartman are really hardworking, nice players. They ain't ever going to be stars. Um, if Rossi is a star, yes, that could be an extremely potent line. Now, I do like the fact that Rossi is now it seems like getting a fair amount of playing time, and I think he's playing pretty well. Um, he 's not perfect, but you know what he has to learn but the most important thing to go back to our initial conversations about this is he has to play, and now he 's playing um on Hartman. Just keep in mind too, and this isn 't being talked about much, but he 's been moved a wing mm-hmm. so it 's not like he got bumped down to third line center he 's now a wing, which I have no problem with he's He comes dirt cheap he 's not paid a lot uh he had an incredible year but he and and on the Eck I think he's pretty damn good there. But the fact is, he is a winger now. And, yeah. and he could take face-offs, and he certainly could at some point go back to being a center. But, yeah, I mean, you are right. If And Goudreau cannot be expected to have the type of game that he had tonight consistently. Ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen, which is why I still think it would be fun to toy with the idea of times of Rossi um, when you need offensive production playing there. But this is, these last few games, and especially tonight, uh, are a huge improvement. The third period got a little bit dicey, but it's a road game. I would like to, I, I would say this I would like to see some of what I consider to be dumb penalties in the third cleaned up, but it's also a little bit difficult. Like D- Dumbo was jostling out front with Kachuk, and his mm-hmm. stick came up, and yes, it slid off and hit Kachuk in the face. That's not a great penalty, but it's a battle out there. Um, Addison's second penalty was an interference call where he was at the point and he got in the guy's way, but that they're going to call that. And I'm not sure it's completely avoidable consistently. So I just thought that this was a, I thought this was a very sound performance for the type of things, especially on the road that you want to see. And my final thought is this. When Matthew Dumba throws a clean hit and look, he can, he can rattle people's cages i believe tonight it was tim stutzla who is a nice young player and kachuk challenges him to a fight i know you don't want to do this skate away buddy skate away the last guy i want to see fighting is that guy Mm -hmm. it's not worth it if somebody else wants to fight kachuk that's fine i don't care but and if this was 1996 gotta fight him no question about it and if you cheap shot at stutzla i'd be like okay probably have to pay a price for that that was a fine hit, and Matthew Kachuk, or uh, Matt Dumba is the last guy on the face of the earth with what he's been through and where he's sort of teetering at that I want to see having to get in fights, especially with anyone named Kachuk.
1: Absolutely, uh, Urban Champ here, eighty nine on our YouTube channel here says, "What would it take to get Bo Horvat?" Oh man, I love this reckless. Well, look up the under clickbait officer. Look love up this. the. Uh salary first oh no problem because right that now, might be a,
0: this might this might unlike the vikings uh, restructuring in this league is not what you do you have to is, trade he is under
1: money. the last year of his contract at 5.5 million he's a ufa this summer so he's a, he'll, he'll be a rental he'll be called upon vancouver's not going to be i don't think that great this year I he's think, off to another great start i think this um, is going to be fired here at some point soon yeah unfortunately the Canucks um, are a complete dumpster fire and they are horribly run but he's got he had 31 goals last year. He wins a crap ton of faceoffs. Um, I don't think Garen's in the market to it to go after a rental if he can't absolutely lock him up. Uh, and look, I would agree we love. That. And by the way, if you're new to Judd's talk show and you're like, "What are we talking about here?" The Wild beat the Senators. How, how are you talking about uh, the Wild looking at Boer, uh, Bo Horvat? Because we love to talk about things like this on here, and this is going to be something I think, Judd. This is going to be a name I think that's going to be mentioned numerous times this podcast as we get closer to the deadline. Yeah, he's under the last year of his contract. He's off to another great start. Um, got some, some selkie votes last year. This would be the guy you put between Carrillo and Matt Succarello and, and you start salivating a little bit more. Um, yeah, I, I love this idea. I don't know what it would take to get him. Probably would take a lot. Well, you can't get him for cheap necessarily. Um, you also probably would have to match some type of salary. So that means sending out a guy who's also making a good amount of coin but I yeah. love this idea. I love the idea of Bo, Bo Horvat on the Wild.
0: And what's the Wild's cap right now? Because it's almost not. It's very little. Oh, it's uh, cap, current
1: cap space, $3.6 million. $3. And I believe, you know, it goes up post-trade That You know, the, 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 the whole salary cap situation is so GD strange in the NHL. I, well, I sometimes never understand it. I'm not sure, um, it, goes,
0: I'm not sure it goes up. But, but you can, if, if you have guys hurt, you, you can LTIR them and get them off your cap.
1: Deadline. Um, but, deadline cap space for the Wild. So yeah. if you go to cap friendly, deadline cap space for the Wild is fourteen million. The deadline cap space is a total sum of cap hit values that current daily cap hits can be oh, increased okay. by on deadline day to remain competent uh, below the salary cap ceiling at season's ends. Which yes, to your point, LTIR guys. Yeah, um, you have to put them stuff on like that. that. But yes, I love this idea. I would uh, love Um I think so. I think what we're going to see too is
0: this great conversation. Um, I think what we're going to see is the Bull Horvats and Patrick Keynes, although the Blackhawks are playing well, which is a real problem for them. This is not good. This is a yeah. horrible idea. <laughs> Bears, Blackhawks lose. You're supposed to lose. I'm not a Chicago fan, but you're screwing yourselves. Uh, and In fact, the, the last score I saw was I think the Hawks have won four consecutive games, and they were beating the Oilers in Edmonton tonight. But anyway, uh, long story short, um, I think we're going to see – Kane, maybe Tays. Uh although I don't know what his ultimate value is going to be and Horvat. Guys like that are going to be walked up to the deadline. So, I don't think I don't think Vancouver if things continue to go wrong, I don't think Vancouver is going to trade Horvat until we get to to the deadline and they're probably hoping that what happened last year is going to happen again in the case of the guy that we talked about a ton who eventually resigned there, JT Miller was going to be traded until Boudreaux came in and turned things around. So, yeah, we're talking about months here of this talk. I think you nailed it, though. Um, last year, I think Billy went all in, guaranteed, did, because it's like, okay, we had a good team. And, you know, we're not in cap hell. You're now in, You're now in the first of three years of cap hell. Unless you could get a guy and keep him, I don't think Billy's going to mortgage key pieces for this season alone. Total guess on my part, but yeah. I don't think we're going to see if if I don't think we're going to see a repeat of what we saw last year from Bill Guerin.
1: By the way, Colin on our YouTube channel, this is an Irish Mule. I, I'm not a big vodka guy, unlike my guy. It's an Irish I'm, Mule. I'm uh, d- swap out the whiskey instead of the vodka.
0: Oh, okay, good for you. Yeah.
1: that's awesome. Yep, yep. So, uh, I'm but that's a
0: great. To... I love that one. That's a great. And, and yes, there there is going to be a ton of uh, trade speculation because this league lends itself to that. I don't think ultimately the wild is going to be near the player though, at the deadline that they yeah. were a year ago.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, they they made multiple moves and what, what's so shocking to me about all those moves was they made four moves and they really didn't give up a ton of capital to get it all. Now. I don't think that to your point, I don't think that happens again uh, where you make four moves like that and, and you're, and you're sacrificing and, and, and chipping away at some draft capital, but I do, you know, foresee them probably doing something, and Guerin has in the fortitude to do it. But yes, he's he's the one. He's probably the one guy, at least early on, well, that I'm very intrigued by. I don't see him
0: doing rentals this time. No. And Delorier, who I, I know was a tough guy, but... Is he in the league? Oh, yeah, he's playing well. Flyer signed... Flyer oh, sign, he's
1: such a sign flyer.
0: To a multi-year contract. He's if playing he well for torts. He's playing well for torts, and he's loved, and he was a great pickup, <laughs> but he cost you a third-round pick. Yeah, well, that I don't think Bill time. Guerin is trading yeah, any was... third round picks for short term guys. I certainly don't think he's going to trade. I mean, if you made a trade for Hor- Horvat, you would have to mortgage some oh, yeah. serious draft capital, and and there's no, and it would probably be impossible to sign him back. He'd be a rental. I don't think this team is going down that path. The Middleton trade's a good
1: trade because you could keep him,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he's uh, been, you know, he's he's a definite contributor. Two things on this number one. If you would have told me, named the top three teams you think Declan, that Matt, De- uh, that that uh, De- Nick Deloria is playing for, i am proud to the Flyers. He is such a great flyer. flyer. He's been great so uh, far. Uh, 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 two. Tons of I, fights. If he gets someone like Horvat, he isn't making that trade knowing, oh, I might lose him. He's getting him knowing I have a chance to lock him up. Yeah, I, I, I do think Bill, Billy wouldn't do it just to just to get it. And say, oh, well, we're gonna let him walk in July. He he would he would trade for him knowing those risks, of course, but also knowing. I like my chances to get this guy signed long-term
0: too. Yeah, and I just don't think he's going to do that because I think it's going to be too tough. And um, at some point in time, my guess is this. He wants to have cap space. Mm -hmm. Like, he wants to be able to go shopping. And if you do a deadline deal and tie the guy up, or you try and you don't, and now you've lost a first-round pick, I think that there's a definite... um, It's not that the Wild's not going to try to win but I think there's going to be a definite different philosophy for the next couple of years than we saw last year, because last year was a real chance to say, we still got some cap space, right? let's go for it. Knowing the price of poker, for the following three seasons.
1: Keep in mind too if that escrow and D gets paid off, which Bettman hinted at a few weeks ago, I mean that, that would be big for the league. That that gives every team about four to five different uh, four to five additional yeah, love it. Uh, million in cap space. That could be huge too. So a
0: lot of it points. would definitely definitely be helpful. All right, I think we're done. Heck of a game. Right, that was sir. fun. Yeah. Thanks for watching uh, folks.
1: Hit the subscribe button. Thanks to everybody who watched us uh, on this YouTube channel for daily Minnesota sports entertainment. This is Score North, and this is Judd's Hockey Show on Score North, the Minnesota wild-based podcast. We are on Apple. We are on Spotify. We are on Score North. Uh, we'll we'll be back probably later on uh, in the coming days. Uh, Heading over to Purple Daily for Daily Minnesota Vikings entertainment as well. We got Vikings bet line returning. Feels like ages that the Vikings played a game last. Year. They had a bye week, and I, I bye I kinda, week feels weird. I get so sick by Thursday. I'm done. I'm like, okay, I need a football game. I need a local football game, not you know the Buccaneers and Ravens right now. I'm
0: gonna go, go watch that, that. Okay, second half right now on on my streaming. Okay. You which, go do but, that. Which, by the way, quickly, I hate this. You can't flip okay, back and man. forth with
1: streaming. Okay, old man. You can't okay. flip back and forth with streaming. Okay. All right. Fix that. All right. Pass shoot score. Listen, you guys
0: know what this is all about, right? Right? What's it all about? Spurgy?
1: Hard
0: work and having fun. F*** that. This is about Winning.